You are listening to the Firecracker Podcast with Tony Rico. And we are back in the studio with uh, our most experienced soldiers, officers. I don't know. You got to get you guys in the room. That's a lot. This is a lot of years of experience between you two. We got, we've got, well, I would say, Vice President Sean Brashear and no title Donnie Hagberg. Hardly fair. We've got to, no we got to create something. Shit, man. He's lucky. <laughs> God dang it. But, you know, I always appreciate you guys coming in. And let's get into now, now the guidelines. So so now what do we want to do? So the story is the story. We want to we lay this in front of our coaches because what are our expectations going in? And Bill Hicks sent me an email. And it was a, it was a good opportunity to, to be able to apply something that we need to talk about. So expectations for coaches going into the summer. Um, the very first thing that I have on my list is you, all experience is good. So just know right, right away, no matter what you go through in your summer, as bad as it's going to be in the moment, it's all good experience. Now, if it's an experience that you've repeated five and ten times and it's not a good one, let's plug in for some help. Let's try to change the experience. But all experience is good. Uh, first one I put down is uh, be certain of your direction. You know, So for coaches, know where you're going this summer. Know it is, you know captain of your own ship, know where the ship is going, have a clear course, uh, know what happens. Sometimes it's qualifiers, right? So if we don't qualify here, what are we going to do over here? If we qualify over here, what are we going to do over here? Don't be wishy-washy. Do not try to piece it together what week by week. And so a classic example is you, you're out of a qualifier and then afterwards you're deciding right there that you're going to go to another qualifier and, and then you try to talk to your parents about right. going to New Mexico. So what would you say about clear your direction, be clear in your direction? Well, I think Donnie spoke about it when we were talking a little bit before we um, <clears throat> came on air, uh, is, you know, having a calendar, having a schedule and getting that out to your family so they have a, you know, they have an understanding of the plan and even the backup plans, right? Just like that cruise ship you're talking about or that, that boat is like if, if a hurricane hits, they already know their alternative routes um, in regards to where they're going to be heading. And so that's the thing. It's like, all right, well, if, if somehow, some way this doesn't happen here, our plan is to go here. Right. right. And and then so on and so forth. So, again, communication, being open, uh, transparency, making sure that you're aware of, of your team's abilities to uh, being real. I think realistic to your team's expectations. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we all have high goals and mm-hmm. we want to, to be successful. And nothing wrong with that. And, <clears throat> and experience is going to whether it's more distorted or less distorted. But that's that's OK. You want to be ambitious. We right. Want people to be. So I think, again, that's the biggest thing is making sure that everybody has their their information. And I know it's, it's tough sometimes, even for us, we're, you know, I'm, I'm on the phone with Roman a lot and we're trying to communicate everything we can to people, um, you know, so they know the plans and even now, you know, making sure they're registered, uh, with PGF or getting all their background, you know, coaches, background checks, you know, there's so much little stuff that goes into, to, um, you know, getting to where you want to go. Um, but having the plan in place and making sure it's communicated, you know, so whether it's through your emails, uh, whether it's through your, you know, a calendar page, a team page, I'm not very good with technology, but what I do is every single week I send like a, a team email. So every week they get an email from me. That's kind of an update. Sometimes they're a little more thorough than others, depending upon what I think the nature of it needs to communicate. Uh, but I would say I'm always making sure each and every week that there's a level of communication so they have an understanding of what we're doing this weekend and what we may be doing two weekends from now and so on and so forth. So, And how that benefits the coach is that there'll be less questioning Correct. from the people I don't need that. in your operation. <laughs> right. And when you're <laughs> uncertain, 
there's more questioning and there's definitely resistance. So when you're uncertain and you're asking or you're presenting, now I don't mean having a conversation and getting some feedback. There's, there's good ways to do that. But if you're uncertain, you're going to get resistance. And now you start to, you're going to become victimized by how people feel. Now right. does your, uh, does that pitcher not getting many innings in the qualifier? Does that, does you that family really want to go? And, and you can't get caught up in, in trying to please everyone because at the end of the day, you're not going to make everyone happy. You know, and as I tell our families, look, I'm not always happy with the things that we have to do. Right? right. So if I'm going to Hemet, I don't want to go to Hemet. Right. Right. But this isn't this, these are not decisions that are made for the best interest of me individually or any individual on the team. They're made for the best interest of our collective entity. Right. So our collective entity needs to do this. And right. sometimes that may mean we're going to Hemet. Right. Not because it's not a nice town. No, it's we a love great it. town. Yeah, we sure. love the miners. We love the people out. It's the drive to Hemet. It's often the commute and it's those things. But it's also that price because there was a time when we weren't driving to Hemet. We were driving to Vegas. Not as often. But, I mean, there there is that sacrifice that is just part of, you know, what we do. Right. Hopefully in the big picture of things, it's not for 15, 20 years of putting it, you know, that as you become a more experienced coach, you start to tailor things and things it's like that. It's gotten better. We don't have to drive out to Hemet three out of four weeks Correct. anymore. Yeah, so yeah. To make that type of drive. Diamond but you Valley. know, but in but on the other side of that, you know, look at what NorCal does, and look at what Central oh, Cal sure. does. We're lucky, and and how and you know, and so when you kind of put it on the scale there, and you think, you know, what we need to do is drive that distance back up towards their their direction now, and bring them meet them. So there's always going to be something because there's there's this is a widespread sport that we are. So the the whole idea there though is to create balance to how much you're traveling when do you travel and you're not just keeping up with the softball joneses you know going wherever you need to go um going wherever you're going because other people are doing it i think that's important too so uh donnie what would you say as far as like being clear in your direction and knowing well kind of kind of what sean was saying as far as getting an email out to your families on a weekly basis being proactive with that will kind of make things easy even if you go into detail on those emails it saves you from getting 20 emails back by sending out that one long email, you get answer. You know, you answer questions of maybe five or six different families at once, as opposed to getting those five or six emails. Now you got to reply back to individually. Kind of staying so, ahead of the game. Staying ahead of the game. Right. And, and I try to do that as much as possible. Sometimes I feel like maybe I'm sending too much stuff, but at the same time, it's really cut down on the the questions that I'm having to answer on a weekly basis and and. Uh, I, I know this time of the year is, is where the emails start to ramp up, um, getting the stuff out there for the hotels and, and uh, you know, kind of getting back on people about, hey, the dues are due now on the 1st, not the 15th, right. because now it's not high school season anymore. Right. Yeah. We need this money now. Right. And, uh, and that's another point that I, I, had, I had made a note of, too, is that you're preparing for the end of the year. All right, we're getting into crunch time, summertime, and everything's going to be going. It's going to be going real, really fast. But you're also preparing for the end of the year. All your responsibilities, your uniforms for pickup players, communication, what ifs, different things like that, and then you're preparing for the beginning of next year, and that starts here in the next month or so, right? Financially and schedule wise, and different things like that, right? I'm two weeks away from my first qualifier, so I mean, our practices have really ramped up here in the last couple of weeks. You know, it, we're too deep at every position, and. I get out there and it's compete, yeah. compete. I got to fill out a lineup in two weeks. Okay. Who wants to be in it? Yeah. You know, and then a lot of that consumes our minds. So if you look at the 50 plus years that all of us have experience wise, but let's go back to in our first three or four years, you know, what did we not know back then? I'll be honest with you. My first five years, I couldn't even, I couldn't have done what you guys do. I mean, it's, it's think of the learning curve of what you know now and how easy it is to say that now. 
and I got to give you credit. I mean, you've, you've always been relatively organized, but I guess I'm thinking about you, Donnie, but just think of how much you've grown and how much I've grown and how a lot of coaches have grown over time that this is all a collection of experience because it sounds so good now, but I can remember it wasn't that obvious. <laughs> it just wasn't that obvious. Well, the other thing for a coach is making sure you have a good administrator, right? So it Huge. makes you look better. You know, Melinda makes you look better. Roman makes me look better. And Your staff. So you're being able to, to, you know, even today as I'm coming in here, I'm shooting texts back and forth with Roman, and, and he's helping within, you know, making sure the girls that don't have photos up because some will link their PGF information, but they don't get a photo in, and there's all that stuff. Roman's handling a lot of that while I'm sitting here, you know, doing this. So, so if you haven't created a staff, if you haven't developed relationships to rely on people and you are that coach doing everything by yourself, what do you guys have to say to that coach? You're nuts. It's a little crazy, but if you have the time, I mean, for me, I do a lot, a lot of the administrative stuff, but I, I set apart, you know, three hours in the daytime when I get up to have my coffee, I go out on the front porch and, and, under the patio area, and I, that's where I make my phone calls to colleges. I handle all the administrative stuff on our on our team, and uh, just kind of gotten used to. It's a doing great it. takeaway. So set aside that time. Now I ask you this: for every ten coaches doing everything by themselves, how many of them are doing it successfully? How many of them are not questioned by their parents? How many of them are handling one it? out of ten? Yeah. So so our, really, our advice until you get to that point where you figure things out, I'm going to go with you're a fool or you're really inexperienced to try to do things by yourself. Yeah. If you're collecting money and nobody else has an idea what's happening to that money, it doesn't mean you're automatically a crook, but you will get questioned, especially if you sure. don't have an administrative type mind. You know, So the importance of a staff, the importance of people, the importance of transparency just being not transparency doesn't mean every time there's a question, you have to open up the, the register and show everyone's <laughs> going on. That's not it, but you have to be transparent. But create a staff, create a staff, create a staff that uh, your people around you are what make your operation. You might be the, 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 the top of it or the, the center of it, but we're only as good as the people well, something you have said to me has stuck over the, the, the course of the last couple of years is just surround yourself with good people. And that's what I've really, really tried to, to do is get uh, good people around me. And I've seen the success from doing that. Yeah. It shows and it shows in your operation. Right. Again, that's the great story of where you're at now. And then we like to go back to go, man, I remember we were all just a mess. We're all learning, learning it uh, the hard way. Uh, Sean, you were talking a little bit about when we're talking about knowing your direction, you're talking about types of competition. Yep. So that you will say to your coaches what? You know, I'll get asked that question by coaches, you know, what, what should they be looking for in events? And, you know, I try to tell them that there's three in my mind, I've kind of narrowed it down to three ways of, of what you want for your team. And sometimes they'll all apply. Some teams are looking for, <clears throat> excuse me, um, for all of that, you know, some teams are on different levels. So, um, you know, there's competition, number one. So, you know, knowing where your team sits, is this a PGF team? Are we a Triple Crown National team? Are we an AFA team, right? So at some point, people like to put themselves in parents, families, players want to be in a position where they're going to compete to win. They're going after that prize. You may have to narrow down your rotations because it's a competitive nature. Um, what, what happens when you have a team that you know isn't maybe quite top class level but they believe they are you do let things play out and teach them afterwards do you create communication and say hey i understand i try you feel to be that very way. open with them you know what i mean i'm never gonna you know I've, I've never tried to be the guy that says this is what you have to do right i just try to advise them as to what i see right and, and then and so not well, this is what you have to do and not 
this is how good you are and how good you're no, not. Exactly. You don't talk like that. Right? You know, and, and honestly, there's times where, you know, I'm not 100% right. So there's teams that play beyond what I maybe thought they would, right? And there's teams that have played less than what I thought they would, including teams of my own. Um, <clears throat> you know, but I would say I try to be very open and transparent in conversations as for, because what I would want to be able to do is at the end of it, I don't want them to look back at me and say, hey, bro, I really didn't understand what you meant. You know, so I'm, I try to be as communicative as I can. It's like, okay, be ready for that bumpy ride. You know, right. are you prepared for an 0-2? Right. Are you prepared to go all the way to New Mexico, spend right. all the money of your families to get beat 10-zip, 10-zip, and then get back on that van with 15 kids and so on and so yeah. forth? And if you can handle it and you can survive it, then by all means, the experience might and still you can get something Make from the it. experience something that you learn from, but if it's some... only competitive, only we went there to qualify and we didn't and now we failed, it's a disappointment. It's, now mm. you're, yeah. Every dollar feels like $100. Exactly. Right? So I try to, again, have that. And I think for the most part, our group has been pretty good. I've been lucky to have a lot of good guys that are, that are in it for the right reasons and are really, uh, you know, participating with the idea of learning. You know, and I think that's something that I've been lucky with the guys that have been in the the, the program with us is like they they ask these questions. You know, Hicks is a and, guy. And that you network know, of so. guys, which is growing now over the years that you've done this, is mm-hmm. I'm going to say, what, 10 to 20 deep now? I mean, yeah. it's, it's a yeah. pretty big network. Yeah, I'd say at least, you know, there's 10 for sure important and then 10 in training, so to right. speak. You right. know what I mean? Right. That are still kind of But that's the garnering. integration. It's, yeah. it's like, you know. Uh, I would say 1,800 teams when you have sophomore or junior, you know, there's integrations. Mm-hmm. The experience kind of here's how it goes, coming in, learning the ropes and yep. stuff like that. But I think that's huge. And that that's powerful because you're empowering those guys in the network. Right. And I don't want to be their ultimate decision maker. You know, I just want to be a person that can they can lean on and give them some guidance with the, the experience that we've gone through. Right. And even and, in your position of leadership as a great approach rather than dictate. Right. Right. So that's really, really how you communicate. Um, so, yeah, know, know the types of competition out there. I think uh-huh. that, is, that is important and try your best. And don't be afraid to reach out if you're not sure. Send me an email. You know, right. what do you think about this? In, in the end, we need to develop our players. And in the end, they need playing experience. In the end, is it three out of five games every weekend for 40-something weekends? What is the minimum uh, amount of at-bats over a year that a player needs to develop? What's the minimum amount, minimum amount of games that players need to develop? You know, there's no real template, and so everyone goes week to week. Shoot, I've said this a million times, 16 little games, 16 little league games, that's all we had. So times that times three at-bats a game. That's how many at-bats we had in the whole year. So if your daughter's getting 100, 150 at-bats, you know, maybe not all the time you want, or, but, but that, our job is to develop, and I think that's really important. So uh, sometimes you get ex- exposed with competition, you're still getting experience. It's a good thing. So um, Mel brought up a good one. I asked her this question, and she, she, was, uh, she said, don't avoid the issues. So when there's something, something going on, address it, mm-hmm. right? What do you guys think about that? I, I always address things. Or I don't like to have – I want to know that when we're playing games that what's going on in the, in the stands with my parents is all positive. Um, if I – you know, I've got, you know, one dad coach on our team, and he's more of a uh, – of kind of just my eyes and ears with all the families and whatnot, and we try to squash anything immediately because if you let that fester, it's just going to – turn things all bad so here's an example um you've got well you, you've already made the mistake of saying you've got a number one pitcher so now there's there but you've got two two pitchers that are pitching equally and they both expect to pitch this game so now you have to make a decision so the coach that starts one player 
and wish to see how the other player feels after the game is behind the eight ball. The coach that pulls the other pitcher aside before and says, look, here's what I'm thinking. Okay, just I'm just letting you know this is what I'm thinking for these reasons. Boom, and you run it. And you give them some type of say in the conversation. Mm-hmm. You stayed on the front end. You can really take that into a lot of uh, different areas. Hey, parents, sit down. Here's what I'm thinking. We could do this. If this doesn't work out, I know this might be a last-minute adjustment. I'm learning to get this schedule right, but I don't want to impose on you any financial uh, distress, anything like that. Here's what I'm thinking. If we, this happens, we can do this or we can do that. Let me run that by you. Now, again, it's not that you're at their beck and call all the time, but you're giving some ownership. You, you got a little wiggle room with something like that. Stay on the front end of things. Like, stay on the front end of things because I think you're, you're much likely to get that type of support when you, uh, when you stay on the front end of things. So issues, it could be par- uh, parents, uh, other coaches, players, but stay on the front end of that with that, with that stuff, right? Um, I think that's really important. And then what about extra uniforms? How do you guys prepare for, like, pickup players and things like that? Me personally, I've, got, I've gotten to the point where – I'm pretty much wearing all dry fits. So every time we place an order for uniforms, I'll order an extra pair of pants, an extra jersey, an extra pair of pants, an extra jersey. Over the course of a couple years, you know, when a parent comes on, maybe that, that, you know, at the very end of the year, I don't want to have to have them go out and spend $200 to play a PGF with us on four jerseys. Hey, if you don't mind being number 65 this week, you know, here you go. Sure. And if it's my, maybe a little bit big on her, hey, if it's cost so effective, right. Right, 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 right. And um, Sean, you're pretty prepared always for same. Yeah, we keep typically one in every size. <clears throat> you know, pants. I got shoot. I probably have more pants in, in my garage than glove has in their warehouse. Yeah. You know, I'm that moron yeah. that that has a. So do you collect <laughs> everything at the end of the year? And, no, no, you no. Know, buy and keep. I don't deal with the BS of yeah. you know what I mean. There's too much hassle. Yeah, it's not worth the headache. So you're collecting by just buying a couple extra. Yeah. Yeah. So like he said, if we pick up a kid, if someone came, you know, and played with us just for that week, then and that might be a loner case on on that situation. Mm-hmm. But everybody else's that's their stuff. Right. <clears throat> so once they pay for it, it's theirs. theirs. Yep. And that's the best best way to do it. Right. Um, I've got now generally. So you start to enter the, 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 the game time bracket time championship time coaches. You're all going to nod. We all nod our heads. It's t- it's tough when we get competitive. Just be respectful. Be respectful to, to umpires. Be respectful to other coaches. Be respectful to your parents during competition. You know, everything you do with behavior, I mean, it's the first impression that your team makes. So we all say it, but then we all know what it's like to just get heated or whatever happened to that first little thing that sets off or just not right or it's, you know, it's, the game goes a certain direction. But don't lose your stuff, man. I mean, just, just keep it there because in the end, how you are under duress is going to make a statement. And whether people will ever say it to you or not, we all want to be the, in the hands of someone that's secure under stress. So that's the last point that I have on here is that, you know, be calm when, when, when the shit hits the fan. Right. You know, that, that, that you, we know stuff is going to happen. So are you entering the summer thinking that nothing's going to happen? You know, you, we know it's designed there. So how are you going to handle it? Every little thing that you do, you know, have you have you thought about your behavior? You know, uh, go back and there's there's little videos here and there, four minutes, six minutes. And all I'm doing is laying down a template for you to copy. My professional behavior is not natural. My God, no, it was all learned. I never saw a professional ball player in person until I was 18 years old. 
So tying the shoes, the way they walked on the field, the way they they acted in between repetitions of ground balls, I'd never seen anything like that. I was always spastic going 100 miles an hour and just all of a sudden there's a calmness. So this type of professionalism, this type of behavior, in the end, I, I, I finished a lot of videos like, like this, we're always being evaluated. And when somebody on the other side of the field sees you doing something that's respectful, dignified, there are kind of families and players that you want to play for you, they're noticing that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then how many times have you got that email, Sean, from someone that yep. says, hey, we, we want to be under that type of guidance, right? Yes. No, I, I, make, I try to make a point you know, to, to a player who stands out, and whether it's through effort, <clears throat> performance, attitude, that when we go through that line, that I'll make sure that I identify to that player and just to let her know that I appreciated the competitiveness or the, the, the competition of that day. Yeah. Um, because I feel like it's important to make sure that, uh, you know, we're rewarding players that are doing things again. And it could be through, again, it could be just effort, you right. know, a kid who's leaving her feet on a foul line, you know, on two fly balls, right. you know, whatever it right. may be, it could be the, the pitcher that was, um, you know, handled herself under duress, whatever that is. And, and so I make sure to try to, to do that. We can learn from every game. And it's meaningful today. I mean, this past weekend, you know, I went back to Huntington and, and worked with um, um, uh, Martinez and Mel with Mel's. Right. And, that, and I actually got an email. I, uh, one of the little girls, uh, I was working with them on just getting better leads and different things and then talking to her. And then I gave her a high five. Her mom sent me an email on um, Monday morning and said that, you know, she asked her daughter afterwards what she thought of the day. And she said, I liked the guy that gave me the high five and, yeah. and everything else. And wow. so it was pretty cool. You look, know, look at that yeah. takeaway. Right. You know, and Does she even need to know who you are said, and what you've goes, done. Who cares? She said, who I, cares? Don't, I don't know you and you don't know but me. But isn't that great so, for us? Yeah. You know, isn't that great when you go yeah. back to like where it all started? Like that's, that's where you started to earn your reputation right there. Right. That's how you earned your reputation. Yeah. So it's kind of the, the beauty of that, you know, and in the end, does every kid need to be a superstar to make us happy? Or, you know, uh, does every game need to be a win? I, I, I remember George Araujo saying it to, to the team. What would you guys learn? First thing he opens up after the game and five girls. And I was like, okay, I'm stealing that. Like, and, and there's always a takeaway, even when it's really, really tough. So, so real quick, just to kind of go through things, coaches, uh, definitely know the direction of your team, know the direction of your summer, know where you're going. That's really, really important. Uh, one thing I missed on real quick, when your team is in public, be responsible for their behavior. So when your team's in a restaurant, and this is going to be important when we talk about players here in a minute, but when your team's in a restaurant, you're walking into a hotel, any type you are, anytime you are in public areas, be aware of how your kids are being in public. My dad taught me a, a rule kind of growing up. Uh, he was a veteran. And it's like, look, if I fought for this country and I gave you this freedom, I should be able to eat my meal without having to turn my head every three seconds for your freedom to be loud. And so just create a balance in that. And so uh, just, just monitor your team. Are you going to say something on that? Or? No, yeah, I, I tend to talk to our team about that a lot. And it's, it's more so because I, I let them know, you know, whether you're on the, the airplane on the way to Colorado, how many college coaches on their way to Colorado? You, just because she's not wearing all of her, right. her gear, that might be the school of your dream sitting right behind you in plain clothes, and it's an assistant coach, and you don't know sure. who she is, and you're acting like a moron. Yeah. And that really happens in the parking lot, too. Getting out of the car, walking talking to the car to mom, after games. Talking to your mom, yeah. standing by the snack bar. Yeah. It's, I'm huge on that. And I think most importantly, it's manners. Just be a manners. good person. That's, that's what it boils down yeah. to. Just be good people. Where would the, uh, what you say, our softball world be if 
we applied the golden rule, treat people like you want to be treated. And then I would say, where would our internet culture be if there was an internet law that said you could say whatever you want to say, but if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything. It'd be pretty quiet. It'd be like this. Nice job. <laughs> Every now and then. All right, guys, that's it. Uh, uh, coach's guidelines. Uh, just think about some things. Be clear yourself. Own your own your situations. Everyone's going to feel it. You're going to be glad in the end. And then two weeks after the end of the year, you get to start over and we, we get to try it again. Okay. Uh, thanks, guys. I appreciate your time. And we're going to wrap it up. Appreciate everyone for listening. Mm-hmm.